Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And I'm sure you're all tuning in to listen to us talk about the Packers trades of HaHa Clinton Dix and Ty Montgomery. But you know what, Wes? I'm throwing you a curveball. Oh, wow. Because... Okay. We haven't heard from GM Brian Gutekunst or head coach Mike McCarthy at the time we're taping this episode. We haven't gotten reaction from the locker room, which we will get after Wednesday's practice. So because I think the discussion of the trades will be better after we get all of that, I want to postpone that until tomorrow's show. So I want to focus today's show on this opponent for the Green Bay Packers Sunday night football in Foxborough. It's the New England Patriots. And I tell you what. These two teams only face each other once every four years. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have faced each other only once. This is going to be a, a special game. It really is. And, and uh, Bill Belichick was asked about that matchup and in terms of the best quarterback you know, games he's ever been a part of. He wasn't going to play the game of like ranking it or saying where it fits, but you can tell how much respect he has for Aaron Rodgers, how much respect he has for Mike McCarthy. And really respecting as a, a true historian of this game, given his father's, uh, you know, ties to football as well, his appreciation for what this ultimately is and, and how rare it is. I made the analogy in inbox this week. It really is an eclipse in the NFL of two of the greatest forces of this generation of, of football meeting, and they only cross paths. It only they only come into each other's orbit. Uh, every four years guaranteed. Right. So uh, for this matchup to go out to Gillette Stadium, I don't know if you saw the LeBron James, not LeBron James, but the Michael Jordan yeah. uh, commercial. All that was promo. missing from that commercial was LeBron, LeBron James. James. Yeah. Uh, but even how James played it up too. Yeah. But yeah, they wear the same number. I think a lot of people consider them in this right now 1A, 1B in terms of the, the greatest quarterbacks of this uh, of this current NFL it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Well, I think back to that game in 2014 at Lambeau Field, West. I know you were covering the team, beat reporter for the Press Gazette at that time. I personally felt that was one of the best regular season games I've ever seen. It was at, the best at, I've ever at, seen. At Lambeau Field. Yeah, right. Um, when you think about you had Darrell Revis against Jordy Nelson. You had Nate Soldier against Clay Matthews. You had, obviously, Brady and Brady and Rodgers. Unfortunately, it should have been a preview of the Super Bowl that year. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't happen. You had these two coaches, Mike McCarthy, Bill Belichick, with Super Bowls on their resume. Um, and as we all expected, it was a four-quarter game, came right down in the last couple minutes. The Packers end up pulling out a really, really big victory that showed the type of team they had that season. But here we are four years later, and the New England Patriots about a month ago, we were hearing the usual thing we hear about the Patriots once they lose a game or two in September, that, oh, Brady and Belichick, they're on the downside. It's not going to happen. And the, the, the dynasty is finally over. Well, since that loss to the Detroit Lions, they actually lost two in a row. They lost the rematch of the AFC Championship to the Jacksonville Jaguars in Week 2. Then they lost on the road on Sunday Night Football at Ford Field to the Detroit Lions. They were 1-2. and two. Well, all they've done is riff off five wins in a row, one of them a shootout 43-40 to victory over the Kansas City Chiefs, who many are considering the best team in the AFC right now. The New England Patriots are 6-2 and right in the middle of all of this, including a road win at Soldier Field over a Bears team that gave them all they could handle. Yeah, and the, the scary thing is, too, is that 
Tom Brady is getting back into his groove again, it looks like. I mean, <laughs> sure is. there were a couple turnovers early in the season, but for the most part, you look at these last three games he's played, um, and, and I know there weren't any touchdown passes against Buffalo, but they did what they needed to do to win that game uh, in some adverse situations and circumstances. The, the fun thing about where the, the – what I really appreciate about the Patriots is I'd say over the last 10 years, there's probably three, maybe four times where in September the national media tries to pick up on that narrative. Yeah. I remember there was a couple of years ago, what was it, maybe three or four years ago, they were talking about, is this it for Brady? Is he finally finally going down? The attempts the attempts to bury this dynasty <laughs> are, are starting to uh, pile up here because uh, it's, it's, been, it's been attempted and no one's been successful. <laughs> but then, and then at the end of the year, they're the AFC representative again, right. more times than not in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's a great matchup with the Packers for a number of reasons. You look at the weapons that they have. I know Bill Belichick told the you know New England media this week. He, you know he wants more depth at running back. Obviously, Corderell Patterson ended up being their running back on Monday night. Uh, Sony Michelle missing that game. James White giving them an option, but. I really do like, to this point of the season, that one-two punch, considering they lost Jeremy Hill for the year, that Michelle, and, and then with uh, with James White, we know what he's done for so long. Yeah. And then the the weapons on the boundary, uh, they, they went and got Josh Gordon. I know there were some issues there this week with him and potentially missing meetings reportedly, but there are a lot of things that the Packers have to take into account. But conversely, when you look at the Packers' weapons against this defense – uh, there's potentially yards to be gained there too. So I think this just has a makings of what could be a really classic Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady shootout. Yeah, I I watched the most I've watched the Patriots this year was when the Packers were on the bye week, and that was when the Patriots went to Soldier Field right. in Chicago to play the Bears. I watched a good portion of that game, and what I saw was a Patriots defense still kind of trying to find itself. They really had trouble with Mitch Trubisky. Right. They didn't account for his scrambling. Uh, Mitch Trubisky running the ball was really a, a key factor for the Bears in that game. And quite frankly, Wes, the Bears very well could have and maybe should have pulled that game out if not for two special teams touchdowns by the Patriots. Cordarell Patterson, he can still do it in the return game, can he? Man, yep. is he dangerous. He took one to the house against Chicago that really started to turn that game around, and then they were and then they blocked a punt that they returned for a touchdown against the Bears. Chicago ends up losing that game by seven. A Hail Mary comes up one yard short of the goal line. And, uh, you know, that was potentially a second NFC North team that that could have beaten the the New England Patriots. But uh, um, what I see is a defense that isn't quite up to the standard we've seen of Belichick yeah. defenses so far. And, uh, and an offense that, frankly, with the injury to Sony Michelle, they're trying to you know, figure some things out, and they've had to deal with Rob Gronkowski missing some time and all that. So it's not the it's not the Patriots in the in the quote unquote sense of the word, but they're still the Patriots. They are, and in the way that they're structured. I mean, you look at that game against Kansas City, which for my money, to this point now, eight weeks into the season, is still the best game that was probably played this year. I watched basically in, in its entirety uh, with Patrick Mahomes and the shootout that they found themselves in against Brady. But it, it, the thing that's interesting about Brady, a lot like with Aaron Rodgers, if you give him the ball with a minute, two minutes on the clock, and you're down six, or you're, you're tied, he's going to give you a chance to win that game. He Absolutely. just does. He's seen it. He's been a part of all of it. And the nice thing for them, too, is now they do, they, you know, there's, we know the, the classic thing with Belichick and how he shuffles the roster, but there is the core. There's the nucleus. There's Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, the guys that have been in the trenches with him for so long, their offensive line, knowing the way that Brady runs that offense and what they expect out of it. 
the biggest question for me is the defense because although Matt Patricia did get the job with the with the Lions and deservedly so, he was one of the hot coaching candidates after last season. Yeah, I mean they did I think have the 29th ranked defense last year in the NFL. There were some things that they were working through. To me, they still don't have that Chandler Jones type difference maker as a pass rusher. Uh, I like the pieces that they have in the secondary, but I think they're just they're a couple playmakers short right now, trying to find some guys that you can consistently rely on to generate pressure. So that's going to be the biggest adjustment. But to to the original point that you made, they're still the Patriots and it's still Tom Brady. You have to put up points and you have to be aware that in the last final stretch of the game with Brady and Belichick and the way that they can play those situations, it's it's tough to counter sometimes. Yeah, if there's a if there's a statistic that kind of jumps out at me that that's hard to really figure out, it's what you mentioned about the pass rush because the Patriots have played eight games. Their defense has only 12 sacks in eight games. That's not a lot. That's on pace for only 24 for an entire season, which is a pretty low number. The flip side of it is, though, they have a 40-plus-year-old quarterback who's only been sacked 11 times in eight games, which tells you, obviously, Tom Brady wouldn't be playing into his 40s if he had been taking tons and tons of hits over the years. So he knows how to shift in the pocket. He's not a scrambler, but he knows how to how to maneuver in the pocket, get rid of the ball, and protect himself, and still make plays at the same time. This is inter- It's interesting because so much is predicated in games these days, Wes, on pass rush and on disrupting quarterbacks and everything like that. You look at the you look at the statistics with the Patriots and their their games have been you know about quarterbacks on both sides not necessarily being that disrupted. Right. So um, if the Packers can change that narrative a little bit. Maybe that's maybe that's where you find an edge. I think it is, and it's just the the thing that stands out to me. Again, I don't want to paint this picture that the Patriots can't affect Rodgers and they can't do things to play winning football. Certainly, they can. They wouldn't be at this point in the season if they couldn't. Yeah. But it's just that they don't have an Aaron Donald, the Dominican Sue type interior rusher. You don't really have the. They don't the have big, a Khalil Mack. Coming Khalil off Mack the power edge. outside yep. rushers. Right. To me, the best embodiment of that was when Chandler Jones was there and certainly they ended up trading him to Arizona and he's gone on to have a really successful career there but that that's the one thing they're like I mean we got to remember that James Harrison started in the Super Bowl for them last year as an edge rusher so uh, I'm just really interested to see what this defense looks like when you put it up against Aaron Rodgers because you wrote about it with one last look and some of these things that we've talked about the ways you have to defend him the things that teams do certainly Bill Belichick's going to be aware of that and how they need to you know contain him but at the same time he always has that counter move to that as well. So th- that's the thing I'm excited about. Bill Belichick was effusive in his praise of McCarthy and Rodgers, and seeing that chess match play out, considering it's only the second time we're getting it uh, due to his, I believe it was the concussion in 2010. Yeah, Rodgers had the concussion in Detroit the week before, and then it was Matt Flynn on Sunday Night yes. Football, as a matter of fact, against uh, against Tom Brady at It's Gillette a great storyline yeah. to watch, no yeah. doubt. Um, quickly, though, Wes, here. At Homer, here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all, and that takes a lot of energy. So grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay, you mentioned the chess match. To me, when you talk about the matchups in this game, what really intrigues me in terms of what Mike Pettin is going to do, and I honestly don't know what his decision is going to be, but we saw last week in Los Angeles that with the Packers having their full complement of cornerbacks healthy, they can cover pretty well on the back end against a pretty explosive offense. 
But here's the thing. To me, the difficult matchups with the New England Patriots, and I'm taking nothing away from Chris Hogan, Julian Edelman, top-quality wide receivers, but it's James White and Rob Gronkowski that become the really intriguing matchups here right. because you can't just take a cover guy, you know, a cover corner, at least not for the bulk of the game, and put a corner on those types of guys because then not only are there some certain matchup problems just within that itself, but then you're way too vulnerable to the run because you're just you're just too light up front to be able to stop the run if you flood the market with cornerbacks, so to speak. So how Mike Pettin decides to defend Rob Gronkowski and James White, I think, is is the crux of this whole chess match. I agree with you 100%, uh, specifically to White, uh, because, you know, Gronkowski's had to work through some injuries. He's been quiet in certain stretches, but White has been really the constant for them since the first month of the season. Yeah. And I know, like I, got to, like I mentioned early on, with Belichick, they want to have options. He loves to play matchup football. We've seen how they've used those running backs in the past. He doesn't want the opposing defensive coordinator to know who the weapons are going to be outside of what, maybe Corey Dillon, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago when they had him and he was a 1,600-yard rusher. Otherwise, it's very largely based on whoever the hot hand is and who they feel is going to be the best matchup. That being said, White is sort of evergreen in terms of how you can use him, especially now in the NFL. So I actually think it's been somewhat a positive for them that, I mean, you don't want to lose Jeremy Hill for the year. You don't want to be in a situation where guys are going down. But it has allowed White to get more consistent playing time, to have him become more part of the offense. The guy's the leading receiver, Michael. I mean, he's, what, 55 catches. Gronk is next with 29. He (laughs) is the guy that helps move the chains for them consistently. And when you look at Tom Brady... And, you know, you mentioned the offensive line and a huge credit to them and the way they've adjusted over the last few years to, be, you know, developing a new front for him. It ultimately is on Tom Brady to get the ball out quickly when he's 41 years old to keep himself upright. Right. And James White is often the safety valve towards accomplishing that. And also dynamic once he gets the ball in his hands. Yeah. And from the Packers side, I want to bring up that 2014 game again because that one at Lambeau Field. We saw Mike McCarthy get very creative in that game with Randall Cobb and Mm -hmm. the way that he was used. That game was a a coming-out party of sorts for a rookie receiver named Devontae Adams. Yeah. Um, What happened to him? Is he still around? Okay. Yeah. So I'm really curious offensively what the Packers are going to do here because we've seen – you know, there is a rookie receiver, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's really starting to come on here for the Packers. Does Mike McCarthy look for a matchup with – MVS against somebody in that New England secondary like he did with Devontae Adams right. in 2014 to try to take advantage of, to, to, to highlight, so to speak. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of different things going on here. Obviously, the Packers, you know, Devontae Adams is going to be in that Jordy Nelson role, but they don't have Darrell Revis on the other side. Nelson may, obviously made a huge play against Darrell right. Revis right at the end of the first half there. So Adams is still going to have to do his thing, but uh, but it it is it's 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 the chess match. It's finding those matchups. It's scheming things to get certain guys one on one against certain guys, and that's what both of these coaches are really really good at. And if you're going to beat the New England Patriots, you need secondary players to emerge. Devontae Adams was that guy in that 2014 matchup. I believe that was his first career 100-yard game. It was. Six catches for 121 yards. Belichick, when he was talking to the media, uh, or with the Green Bay media on the conference call, said simply, yeah, he killed us. <laughs> and it was because they locked in on Jordy Nelson, and that allowed you know Randall Cobb to have some opportunities to have Devontae Adams have a breakthrough game. The Packers are going to need that again in this matchup because now 
Devontae Adams is the Jordy Nelson threat in this offense. You're going to need your Marquez Valdez-Scantlings to step up. You're going to need to be able to be creative with Randall Cobb, with Jimmy Graham. Packers, with getting healthier on the offensive side of the ball, have their weapons wide open now. Yep. And that's where Mike McCarthy can really get to work and making sure that they maximize those and keeping the defense on its heels. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, you and I have some press conferences to get to, <laughs> so I think we're going to sign off, and I promise, folks, we will get to those trades and all of that discussion on tomorrow's show. I will mention this to give somebody to, to wet the palate a little bit. Okay. Um, and, and certainly we'll talk about the ramifications of the trades. If you go back to that 2014 game, though, it was a heavy dose of Eddie Lacy in that backfield. I'm not saying that that's what it's going to be with Aaron Jones, but I do think if you're able to get in a groove with a guy, especially now with it just being Jones and Jamal Williams in that backfield, could really help them in terms of establishing the offense and allowing Aaron Rodgers to really go to work. Yeah, you get them to focus on the run. That's where the creativity with some of the other perimeter players comes into play. Eddie Lacy was so important in that game. I know he didn't have a 50, 60-yard run, but he just he was the guy that kept moving the chains for them. They fed him in that game, and and I think that could be an opportunity for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams to really shine in this matchup. All right, well, we will sign off now because we've got to run. (laughs) On this edition of Packers Unscripted, be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.